Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $8.49. Toastmaster small appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Office valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Happy Sunday morning and welcome to another episode of Collider Mailbag. I am your host, John Roca, and I am here with our social media manager, a guy I love sparring with in the office all the time. We give each other crap for how young he is and how old I am. Jorian Parks, how are you, man? What up, man? How are you doing? I'm uh, doing I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm doing great. I'm back on the mailbag set. I had a great time last time. Thank you for having me back. Of course, man. It's always fun having you on stuff, and fans really enjoy your responses to things uh, and how you look at the world. And, lo- sure. and, and Loki, he's been like trying to get me back for a minute now. Yeah. It's been me i've been like all right i'll do it next week i'll do it next week yeah. but i finally said all right i'm going to actually do it so he's been trying to get me back i know i've been trying i mean you don't come at me i come <laughs> at him it's those are the reasons but we got you back now that's the positive and we got you to answer some of these questions here we got five for you today i picked out about 20 of them sent them to dorian dorian picked about five picked five that he really liked and so we're excited to talk about them as well so uh we really enjoy when you send the questions and remember we put the call out dorian puts the call out on social media on twitter and on instagram make sure you put that hashtag collider mailbag makes it's so much easier for me to find it and pick your question out. And if you don't want to do social media, you can always email us at uh, mailbag at collider.com. I pour through all those questions, pick out the best questions, and then we answer them on the show. I think we've got some good ones today, so let's get to it. Our first question, it comes from uh, Instagram. Ad Mark asks, hey, Collider crew. Which phase of the MCU would you consider to be the best? This is a great question with Avengers Endgame coming out this weekend. What do yes. you think? Uh, so I, it, it, took, it didn't take me too long to like decide what right. my favorite was. I think I'm going to say phase three yeah. thus far, but this is excluding Avengers Endgame and Infinity War because it's like a culmination of mm-hmm. all the previous movies, so I didn't want to count those. But just looking at the roster, like when I look back at the phase one, I, I guess my favorite movie out of that one was probably Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I wasn't too fond on the rest of them, especially the Thor movie. I know a lot of people like the Thor movie, mm-hmm. but just phase one in general i wasn't the biggest fan of i loved all of them but phase two we it, it progressed a little bit more i think winter soldier was yep. probably my favorite uh, out of that and okay. but you have age of ultron which was probably my least favorite avengers movie but okay. then we get to phase three has one of my favorite movies black panther it has it has uh, uh <laughs> what, what else does it have spider-man yeah. homecoming doctor strange and thor ragnarok was probably my favorite thor movie out of the out of the three mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it has a culmination of all of my favorite movies in phase three 
thus far. So I got to say Phase 3, excluding Endgame and Infinity War, because that's just not fair. Yeah, it's really not a fair question, but it's a good question for discussion. Phase 3 is absolutely my favorite as well, because you do have Civil War, Doc Strange, as you mentioned. You got Homecoming, Ragnarok is mm-hmm. a revolutionary film for that uh, particular arm of the franchise, for the Thor uh, arm of the franchise. Black Panther kind of opening the door to a black superhero in the Marvel Universe as a lead, plus domestically what it made, internationally what oh. it made. Avengers Infinity War was incredible and broke people in half. Uh, you do, And you have Captain Marvel's first female uh, superhero to lead the Marvel uh, franchise, to lead, have her own film in terms of Avengers Endgame was incredible in my opinion, no spoilers. And mm-hmm. Far From Home, we'll see what happens, how Far From Home is. Uh, but, you, but I do want to give a special shout out to uh, Phase 1, because we don't, obviously we don't have Phase 3 or Phase 2 without a strong Phase 1, and you can make the case for Iron Man certainly being that pillar that is still the strongest pillar for this MCU to stand on. It still holds up even 10, 11 years later to go back and watch it, and Obadiah Stane is still, for me personally, one of my favorite MCU villains that I fight for to be on the top MCU villains list near Killmonger and Loki. Iron Man 2, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of uneven, I would agree with that, but you've got uh, Thor, which establishes that character, and Captain America, the first Avenger, which to me is one of the greatest MCU films ever. It's, oh, wow. it, it feels to me like Superman from 1978. It's got that vibe to it. I was he's, yeah, he's a kid fighting... <laughs> Was your mom alive? I don't, I don't know. know. As a kid, fighting to be uh, taken seriously, and he's got the heart, and it's and he wants to be uh, this soldier. He wants to serve his country. He wants to fight. Being a former military man, that really struck it a chord with me. And then how this, how he uses his heroic powers not to bully other people or step on other people, but to do what's right. And that's a fantastic lesson for everybody going forward, for any hero going forward to the MCU. And then the Avengers. The Avengers mm-hmm. really opens the door to the possibility of team-ups and how effectively that was going to be. I always think of that shot when they're spinning around with all the Avengers landing in New York one at a time. You're like, okay, when you're a comic book kid growing up with this stuff, reading it in the in the papers of the comic books, you never think this is going to make it to the silver screen at this kind of level, and it really did. So I and would you, defend phase one. No, you know, I, and you, you did bring up a great point with mm-hmm. like saying like it, it laid the foundation, even though like in my particular opinion, yeah, they're not as fast-paced or not as right. like action-y as the, we, once we get into phase two or three, but they did lay the groundwork, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I touched on it. I t- uh, tweeted out a long time ago, or recently. It was just when the first Iron Man came out, I was like... 12 or 13 mm-hmm. and to be growing up and just to see how far they've come and just like like yeah the culmination of everything just being able to grow up and see like I would have never thought we're, we're how we are without spoil oh I can't I'm not gonna spoil anything but <laughs> I would have never thought we were seeing some of the things we've got to see like in Infinity War like yeah. being able to like you tell 12 year old 13 year old you're gonna see all your favorite characters mm-hmm. fighting against Thanos like that's crazy so yeah. to see how far it's come is just an amazing feat but yeah I gotta say phase three definitely the favorite but phase one yeah, it, it laid the groundwork for without those, we, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, and, and like any great franchise, and we'll move on after this story, and like any great franchise, you want your phases to build upon the other one to make it bigger, to make it better, and mm-hmm. to make it more uh, uh, more addictive for people to come back and see what you can do. So we'll see. Phase 3 is pretty strong. We'll see if Phase 4 can Good. follow up with it. We'll see. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. What do we got next? All right, we got an email from Joel Hammett. He asked, is there any movie coming out this year 
or next year that you are most excited for that you didn't think you would be for? Uh, for me, it's Detective Pikachu. My daughter just got into Pokemon, and her excitement for it has made my uh, mo made it my most anticipated movie of the year, even above Endgame. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, this is tough. I think the two I come back to are Bond 25 and the Harley Quinn movie. Uh, mm. Bond 25, because of all the drama around Daniel Craig coming back or not coming back, at some point it does become annoying, right? I mean, like, with Ben Affleck, is he in or is he out? Is he in or is he out? And you don't blame Ben Affleck necessarily because there's probably stuff going on behind the scenes, but it was annoying to mm -hmm. have to read those stories over and over again. Daniel Craig, the same thing. Yes, Spectre wasn't well received, but this, I, you know, when he talks about, like, I'd rather crawl through broken glass and do another Bond film, and it's like, okay, I get that, but you're really not looking at the fact you're making 25 to 40 million a film for this one film, so I tell you what, I'll crawl through barbed wire and broken glass to make 25 to 40 million a film, and so you hear that. So it was just, it got to the point where it was a bit uh, um, irritating. Mm -hmm. But then they announced the cast with Rami Malek as this uh, villain, and then more of the cast has been announced recently, and the plot details came out. So that got me really excited. I like that Leah Sadu is coming back as his, as his uh, girlfriend or wife. I don't know what stage they're in in their relationship when this comes back. So it's a bond that continues relationships, mm -hmm. whereas the bonds in the past have always been like one woman per movie. This is nice that it's continuing this rhythm of that. And I like the, uh, the director's coming back. I like uh, the cast that's being built up uh, all around Lashana Lynch, these people being involved in it, Anna de Armas. Uh, and the other one I would throw in the Harley Quinn one. I didn't think that Meg Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn was that great in the Suicide Squad. I know I'm in the minority in that, but I didn't think I'd be excited. And then the teaser of this thing for came Birds out. Of Prey? Or, yeah, for oh, Birds okay, of Prey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, well, which is a longer title, yeah. obviously, but I, I don't want to say the title. The Birds of Prey movie with uh, Harley Quinn. Seeing those teasers of them in their outfits, Huntress and all that, I was like, this looks incredible and completely different and on the heels of the Joker movie in this vibe of trying something new, trying something like independent movie vibe. I got very excited about this, so now I'm on board with these two films. Okay, so the I guess for this year in mm -hmm. particular, I, I mine would be Toy Story 4. Okay. So I originally, like, I wasn't not excited for it, but it's like, you know, for a fourth movie in a franchise, yeah. you're, you're, you get more and more cautiously optimistic about them as you go along. Like, so, I know for some people, Finding Dory didn't necessarily land with them, or right. the Monsters, Inc. sequel, so it's like we're adding more and more to this franchise, but after I recently did a set visit with them, and they show some footage at CinemaCon as mm -hmm. well, so after seeing uh, the passion they had for the reason why they're doing this fourth one, and as well as the footage I got to see about the first 15 or 20 minutes or so, I was yeah. like, okay, this is this is this is going to be they they, they <laughs> captured lighting in a bottle again. I, I think they they got the magic in the heart of what made the other three special. So I yeah. was cautiously optimistic. I was like, maybe this is a money grab. Maybe like they're just trying to milk Toy Story franchise. Mm -hmm. But it genuinely seemed like they were making this movie. I don't want to really give any plot details away, but it seemed like they were making this movie for the the people that are have watched it in the yeah. the past, and then also for this new generation. So right. it's like a a blended mix of both. So I'm excited to see the audience's reception of it. And then my other one for next year actually mm -hmm. uh, for 2020 is Avatar 2. Oh, I know, okay. Yeah, so I know a lot of people, and I, I see jokes all, online all the mm -hmm. time about like people not really caring about Avatar or anything, but I'm just excited for it just because of how well Alita looked uh, visually. Yeah. Like It seems like, because they've been putting a lot of passion into that, so if this is their next follow-up to that, because I know they've been working on them like, con con mm -hmm. what's the word? Con con consecutively. Consecutively, yeah. 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 So uh, they've been working on them, and it, it seemed like a very like 
very detailed process because mm-hmm. when I went down to what a digital just to see like all the stuff they were doing I was like all right so if this next one's going to be underwater just thinking about how visually beautiful Aquaman was mm-hmm. if they if what it can like not top or like just match it compete competing wise I think you were going to have something really special visually like I don't, I'm not sure about the story itself but I'm going to I'm expecting to be like have my mind blown yeah. with the uh, aesthetics yeah I think a lot of people are like uh, going oh we don't need until they mm-hmm. see the first trailer then when they see that first trailer for Avatar 2 if it blows people out of the water no, uh, pun intended then everyone's going to be back on board with this and see what James Cameron can create because if you look at James Cameron's track record win or lose the man creates memorable films that make some of them make billions of dollars and so you can't argue the man's track record in terms of his success with audiences and with moviegoers so you go okay well let's see how this plays out and hopefully it will be because they've got three four five already shot like yeah. you said consecutively so there's a lot riding on this two being good and then the other or great even and then the rest kind of coming off of that so yeah there's a I, lot of new technology and I know people in. joke about like them not even and I, I personally can't remember them not, mm-hmm. not remembering the two main characters or oh, anything right, like that. Yeah, but, yeah. but Zoe Zalazana, she was, uh, we recently interviewed her for her Missing Leak project and just how she spoke about it as well. And she was just saying, James James Cameron's got, we did something special with this. He's got some fire. So I, if Zoe Zalazana's back and get, I mean, she probably has to, but I mean, yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. Um, the way she was talking about it, I think I think they'll they'll nail it again. Yeah, and that's another franchise for Zoe. So you get much she, Yeah, she's making, making that yeah, money right now. making that money. <laughs> so making that paper, as they say. All right, let's move on to our next question. That's from Instagram. It comes from Galactic guy 30 he asks uh there seemed to be no post-credit scenes at the end of avengers endgame do you guys think that just because the movie was three hours and two minutes long uh post a post-credit scene oh i'm sorry do you think do you guys think that just because the movie was three hours and two minutes long it stopped a post-credit scene from being filmed is there a possibility for a post-credit scene on the blu-ray version of the movie uh dorian uh no i don't think there wasn't any like thought of having the post-credit scene just because of the the runtime itself and honestly when you're watching the movie and by the time you finish it, you're sitting there like this could have been this could have gone on even longer. Like oh, you, yeah. like you could have, I could have sat there for five hours, but I don't think there was any time constraints for them to be like, oh, just because it's three hours and two minutes in the like the runtime, we we can't fit in a, a end games or like a, a post credit scene to set mm-hmm. up anything because I think they like this is like they've said it the whole time. This is a conclusion. This is yeah. a, a the culmination of a whole saga. Like we're ending this here. Twenty two movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course throughout the movie they're going to tease stuff for the future, but they're like they don't necessarily need to like do a post-credit scene because at the end of a book there's no like oh wait you know there's yeah. no tease for another book like you, right. you gotta buy that separate book separately so i think they did a good job of just saying like hey we don't need a post-credit scene this is the finale for this saga don't mm-hmm. worry about it mm-hmm. well and then feige said that it's not fully finished until spider-man far from home mm. so i think a post-credit scene given the way the film uh is i, I think a post-credit scene uh, i don't think you need uh, you know i don't I can't confirm whether deny whether there is one, but I, I personally was like a three hours and two minutes. I think that's a huge uh, uh, ask of any moviegoer nowadays, especially with the attention span of moviegoers nowadays. So I think that's there. If if there is a, there is a one, or they filmed or they didn't film, I don't think it was about length. I think it's about what what Dorian mentioned here, what they wanted to do and what they how they wanted the film to go and end and be its own thing. Uh, and then we'll see. Everyone knows Spider Man Far From Home is coming, so we'll see. We we'll go from there, but. I I think the, 
think they did not want I, I think they just decided they didn't want to do it because mm-hmm. they didn't feel it was necessary if it's not there and if they do put one in there then it's probably just to lay quick groundwork for something else that's coming so we'll see but I don't think the length of the movie had anything to do with them no. doing and a post credit by the time you by the time you get to the end of the movie you're just mentally and physically drained from mm. what you witnessed you're like you don't even need a post credit scene you're just you're just done right there you could walk out but yeah there yet yeah, so yeah. you'll find out when you watch it yeah. no spoilers but yeah see what you think when you go see it should there have been the post credit scene in there or did you enjoy the post credit scene let us know in the comments section below uh we're not giving anything away all right dorian what's the next question all right we got a twitter question from kessa underscore kez they ask do each of you want to see a female ensemble superhero film from the mcu and if yes collectively agree on six of the current female mcu superheroes uh hell yes is my answer uh i would love to see that if we go forward with it i think for me of the six uh picking six mcu and this is right before avengers endgame so no spoilers but the six that have been presented so far i would love to see okoye shuri i'd love to see valkyrie uh captain marvel uh, Wasp and Scarlet Witch. Those are the six that Is I that would six go or with. Seven? Isn't that six? Oh, okay. I think that's six. Uh, I would go with those six, certainly. Uh, I like Black Widow, but Black Widow just shoots guns. For me, I want, I mean, if we're going to go do like crazy stuff and you're going to have like Valkyrie riding her uh, Pegasus, Pegasus, then we've got, uh, we've got, we're going to, and Scarlet Witch with her powers, we're going to go into crazy stuff. There's only so much weapons can do and fighting ability can do. Uh, so if I'm going to go with the full breadth of uh, a film that can explore other planets or other, uh, uh, existences or creatures or what have you, uh, what have you. I'd rather go with these those six that have like kind of seen a lot of things. That's funny that you say that because every time every every time we saw a trailer or anything for Avengers Endgame, it was like, what Black Widow going to do with the like? She's right, just, she, right, what's right. she going to do with that gun? But it, that, uh, your list is pretty much similar to mine. Um, with I added, I, I guess I added uh, Gamora because um, uh, oh, uh, yeah, you throw in. Let's Gamora. take out Shuri. Uh, let's take out not Shuri. Let's take out Okoye and put in Gamora. Oh, right, yeah, I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, because she she yeah, get cut more cosmic stuff as well. Right, because Okoye only uses the spear and Black Widow uses the gun. So what's the difference, right? Okay. okay. And then also I threw in I know she's like, people aren't, don't sometimes consider Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the MCU but I'm considering Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. connected to the MCU. You can, I th- I'm throwing in there Daisy Johnson. You know why? Because she's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's she's, she's with Coulson and technically she's one, if not one of the strongest characters in the whole Marvel consider TV show universe movie yeah. universe. Like, she is really, like, I'm not dead like she's really oh, one of the strongest. She's one of the strongest <laughs> characters. You put her up against Blackwater. You put up against a lot of these other heroes. She will blast them. Like she, you, especially if you watch season five, like uh, yeah. how they ended. She's pretty strong. She got the super soldier serum in her a little bit, I think. Oh, um, but yeah. yeah, so she she's pretty strong. It, it wouldn't it, do, it would not make sense to have her on your roster. But um, yeah, pretty much a similar list. You just throw in Daisy Johnson, and you got a pretty much all star team. Yeah, and you know, in the comics, if you want to go, maybe some of you aren't familiar with the comics, go to A Force A force go find those issues go find those comics you can read those that's an all-female avengers team they did a lot of issues of that she hulk was part of it so there's a lot of other female superheroes that are part of the a force that haven't presented the mcu yet so this list that we have is just from the current Mm -hmm. who knows in phase four what might be coming that we can like throw into the mix as well and maybe because kevin feige said that he's now trying to make these new tv shows more interactive with the movies who knows if daisy johnson eventually gets in there 
as a character in the MCU. Why not? She's a Chloe Bennett's a young actress still, so she certainly played this role for a while, and so she could find her way into it. And it's possible. An Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. movie with Nick Fury leading the cast is certainly possible. Bro, all they need to do realistically, just throw the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, like, end it after the, the season seven that they have next mm-hmm, year, mm-hmm. and then you weave those characters into the Disney Plus shows, and you actually use them as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents across these yeah. shows, and you can actually tie them in. We got the X-Men coming soon, so, like, by next year, you can have some X-Men and actually incorporate them. You can do a Secret Warrior show. Yeah, Secret so, Warrior. You, you open a can of worms when we start talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm yeah, sorry, but... a lot. But, yeah, so definitely throw in Daisy. Get her, get her in the MCU. I think it, she, she's too strong not to be technically like you know that's my boy Dorian always on brand for that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. always marking out for them alright let's go to All right. last question that's from Shannon Bowman uh, it's an email writes hi Collider Crew Oftentimes, people talk about there being more diversity I always thought though that one of the most diverse genres or types of films is sci-fi I think about Star Trek or even The Matrix this question may have been asked before but why do you all think that is I would love to hear your thoughts thank you uh, so I, I'm glad you, you sent me this question in particular mm. because I know uh, some of you might not know I run an organization called Geeks of Color myself. Yes. And with uh, with that, one of our goals is to promote diversity and inclusion. And you're, what the question is, why is – I think he's asking, like, why has there been more of a push recently? And I think there's always been a push just now that we have more mm-hmm. awareness with social media and all these digital technologies. There's just been brought more awareness to mm-hmm. it. So I think there's always been a fight, but now there's been more moves to actually make change. And the, the goal that I think – uh, Roka and all of us are trying to do is not like we. Yes, we want more diversity, but we want it to get to a point where we don't even have to use the word divorce, right. diverse anymore. Right. Like it should just be. We want inclusivity to where it, it just should, it should just feel natural. Mm-hmm. Like it should just reflect naturally what you see in the actual 2019 living. So it's not we're we're not saying like oh it, there, there's more of a fight now. I think there's always been a fight, but I, people just want more representation just across all genres. So yeah, yeah sci-fi might have been a little bit more diverse than other genres, but I think there's always been a push to have it across all boards. That's why Jordan Peele's Us and Get Out have been so phenomenal because you yeah. ha- really haven't seen people or black people take the main stage for a horror genre. So that's why it's making more waves. So hopefully we get that. And that's why you see Black Panther. That's why you see Crazy Rich mm-hmm. Asians destroying box offices because we finally see representation. So you're, you're more people are clamoring to it because they finally see themselves represented on screen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's the thing. You know, people kind of push back and get upset sometimes. And I get it. You know, that me Maybe they feel attacked or unfairly vilified, and I understand that completely. What what diversity is about, what the push is about, is not about taking one thing away from the other. No, it's about reflecting the real world back to you as you watch things on screen, whether on TV or on film. You look around your workplace. I'm sure you see people, black people, Latino people, uh, people from different races and origins, uh, Asian people, like all of that. So why wouldn't your entertainment reflect that as well? Organically, naturally, uh, honestly, we see that uh, really Star Trek Discovery has done a really great job of that, I thought, uh, over the last two seasons. I think the MCU has finally done that as it's gotten more and more movies and more and more characters included in in, in their uh, offering of characters. I think that's where you need to start focusing on more and more, this idea of reflecting back society and seeing it more. And so it stops becoming a social justice warrior or blah, 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 all that kind of stuff that isn't 
necessary because diversity is not about taking things away. It's about inclusion, not exclusion. So you want to make it natural and make it look like what you see every day, and that makes it easier to believe. And you might find yourself discovering points of views that you hadn't seen before, been exposed to before. It might stop and make you think, and that's what empathy is all about, and that's what diversity and inclusion is supposed to be. It's about empathy and understanding another point of view, seeing another point of view, so you become more, uh, I don't know, cultured, advanced, uh, intellectual about how you approach an issue or a situation as it pops up in your media or in your life. And yeah. That's always fun. I mean, so even going back to the 70s, uh, you, you kids might not remember, this was back in the 70s, there were, <laughs> there were a number of sitcoms that explored abortion for the first time, interracial marriage, the idea of uh, suicide, the idea of mental, even slightly mental health stuff. There was all kinds, or upwardly mobile minorities. All of that was explored in the 70s very seamlessly, and there wasn't any kind of like pushback against it. It was there for people to enjoy. And you go back and look, some of the top-rated sitcoms from that time were diverse sitcoms. Like for me, growing up Chico and the Man, a Latino sitcom was fantastic. We have yet to capture that fire again on the Latino side of things. So seeing on the how it's going with the black side of things, it gives me hope that the Latino side of things will catch up, the Asian side of things will catch up. Like those things will come in time. Again, it's about inclusion, not about exclusion. And so. I think, uh, and Brie Larson was getting a lot of crap for her because she, right. like, um, the people, like, especially white men were jumping on her. But mm. one of the things, like, they forget to mention that she also said it was like, she's not, like you said, she's not trying to take away seats at the table for right. anybody. She's just trying to add more. Like, there's room enough for everybody, but, mm. like, you don't have to tear down other people's building to grow your own. Like, there's enough room for everybody at the table. And I think that's one of the things mm. that she was just trying to reiterate for her push for more diverse journalists at, at these press. Yeah. at these press screenings, at mm-hmm. these press opportunities. So, like, not trying to take away other seats from other people, just trying to add more for more. Yeah, so, and Shadow makes a great point with Matrix, right? You have a, a black Lawrence Fishburne, you have a woman in Carrie Ann Moss, and you have uh, Neo, right? Those those are those things, they have it all, and then throughout and the film... Keanu Reeves is part Asian, too. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is part Asian, and throughout the film, you see other people show up, uh, like Jada Pinkett and Harry Lennox, so it's it's a, it's a you know, amalgam of things. And that's what you, you want to see in your entertainment, because that's what you see in real life. All right, that's our uh, episode of Collider Mailback for this lovely Sunday morning. Really appreciate you all taking the time to listen to Dorian and I answer your questions, these great questions you all send in. There's so much fun fun to read and, and uh, answer as well. Uh, Dorian, thanks for stopping by, man. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Collider Mailback fans. I appreciate the love uh, every time I'm on here. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to come on more often. Yeah, please do. And uh, tell people where they can find you uh, and you stuff can, you do. You can find me on Twitter at Dorian Parks and Rec because Parks and Rec is better than The Office. And you can find me on Instagram at Dorian Parks. Yeah, there you go. And you can find me at the Roga says on Twitter and on Instagram and once again we really appreciate you sending the questions in when Dorian puts the call out on Twitter and on uh, uh, Instagram look for those call look for those questions look for those response of God look for those posts rather then put your responses remember to include the hashtag collider mailbag with your questions so it can make it easier for me to find and also if you don't want to do social media you can email us mailbag at collider.com pick out uh, those uh, questions from there I do and then send them on to our guests and we uh, pick out some good ones so hope you enjoyed today have a great rest of your Sunday we'll see you next week for two more episodes of Collider Mailbag Napa Know How
At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 83120. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the Big One Throws, $8.49. Toastmaster Small Appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Offers valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.